0: The Man Up Podcast, the doctor's guide to men's health. Each week on our podcast, we interview the top specialists of the field on various topics in men's health. You have questions that you are too afraid to ask, we have the answers. This week, our episode is titled Maximizing Your Exercising. I'm Dr. Kevin June. I'm joined as always with my co-host, Dr. Justin Dubin. Justin, we love to exercise, don't we?
1: Oh, we love it. I, I exercised yesterday, the day before... The day before, not to brag, but yeah,
0: I did. <laughs> <laughs> just a little humble you? brag, you know. How but... about you,
1: Kev? You you exercise? Yeah, yeah. Here? I
0: love exercising. You know, um, you know. But I think one of the things that you know, I'm sure a lot of our listeners share the same thing is that you know, when, when we're exercising, a lot of stuff that we learn is probably just from our peers or people around us, and it, it may not necessarily be the right information. And in the back of my head, I'm always thinking, you know. Am I doing this right? Or is there a better way of doing it, right?
1: Oh, for sure. And I think, you know, uh, a lot of the stuff that I learned was when I played football. Like, I think a lot yeah. of people learned their their exercising routines in high school or when they were doing some kind of sport. I did have, right. I remember the first time I went to weight lift weights was I was probably like 15. I went to a gym with uh, one of the, the New Jersey strongest men uh
0: <laughs> Big
1: Joe Carini shout out to Big Joe Carini. He's out there somewhere <laughs> that guy is awesome um he he literally could squat like a twelve hundred pounds or something. It was unbelievable wow so, so we learn you know we learn from people, but you know at some point we are doing stuff on our own. data as we know changes our knowledge of exercise is always changing um just like anything else and that's why uh, we brought on uh, Matt. Matt. Matt Acita, he is a exercise physiologist. He's a clinical exercise physiologist, specifically at uh, HSS, which is a hospital for special surgery in New York City. Um, one of the top orthopedic you know uh, hospitals in the world. I, I talk about it in the episode. I actually had my ACL repaired there uh, many years ago um and uh we're really happy to have him on because you know he really helps clients of all ages they navigate the transition you know from rehab to full return to activities they love and he also really focuses on guiding athletes to peak performance uh and to provide you know a safe and effective training options for those with neurological disorders special needs so he really has a great knowledge of the full spectrum whether it's you're really trying to optimize yourself and get to that peak level your' truck you're, you have an issue with your knee we talk about it you have an issue with your back or you' you know you're a little overweight you're intimidated by getting started we have a lot of great tips in this episode of you know really getting you to where you want to be and i think when we talk with patients one of the problems is just that you know we you know a lot of people are motivated or they sound motivated to get going but they don't know where to start and i think we're hopefully providing you with that starting point
0: yeah, yeah, and you know, it, it was really a it was really a fascinating conversation. Just because, you know, he he really bases a lot of it in you know your goals and kind of trying to show us, you know, like identifying goal oriented where you want to be, and also he talks a lot about you know functional, just just like functional exercising, and yeah. uh, you know, we'll, we'll get a little bit more into it in the episode. But you know, it, I think it really will change the perspective on how the way you should look at um, exercise. Uh, you know, me and Justin, we do all our, you know, just we do abs every day. But, you know, Matt's <laughs> going to really kind of kind of tell us that, you know, that might not be, you know, the the, the goal. You know, you got to do yeah. ab exercises, but that shouldn't be the goal. So it was, it was really a fascinating conversation. Yeah,
1: I tell you, I did do glutes yesterday for the first time. Ah,
0: all right. Ever. A little sneak peek legs. for our listeners. Glutes. Yeah, exactly. You know, glutes. Um, <laughs> so I'm ready to
1: do it. Let's, uh, let's get into the episode. It's a really great episode. Uh, you know, It's fall. Sports are back. Make sure you're hitting the gym or the Absolutely. getting outside and exercising, Absolutely. whatever way you can. All right, let's do it, Kev. All right, sounds good. All right, really excited today for for our uh, interview. We're joined by uh, Matt, and uh, let's just get right into it. You know, so. You know, I think we should really start pretty basic because, you know, sometimes I can convince myself, I think Kevin can too, I can convince yeah, myself by like one day, you know, I'm in the, in the in the clinic, I'm going up five flights of stairs in the hospital and I'm like, oh shit, my exercising is done for the day. So can you just really just tell us what is considered exercise and like what's the actual definition and when do I know if I've actually exercised for the day?
2: Yeah, so that's an interesting question. Everybody always asks, like, what is the actual definition of exercise? And put it simple, it's any sort of physical activity that you are doing in order to benefit your health and wellness. So, in theory, you walking up those five flights of stairs instead right. of taking that elevator or escalator—that's exercise. So you're doing <laughs> right. a good job. You're on the right path.
1: There you go. So, so, so I'm, I'm kind of obsessed right now. off
2: my head, you know. <laughs> <laughs>
1: All right. Um, so that's good to know.
0: <laughs> yeah. So yeah. Okay, great definition. So Matt, how often do you recommend that we exercise? Did you know, you know, kind of give an idea like, is there a range, you know, depending on our exercise goals?
2: So yes, that's another great question. So the American Heart Association, their recommendations for exercise is they want you to accumulate at least 150 minutes a week of moderate to white cardiovascular exercise or what they consider 75 minutes of vigorous exercise a week. And then resistance training, strength training wise, it's kind of up to you. If that's your goal, if you can do two to three days a week, great. You do three to four, that's great. It's kind of, that's based on your kind of goal. There's no real set standards for like, you must lift weights this many days a week, but cardio is pretty standard throughout the AHA, CDC, that the 150 minutes a week and it can be either biking, running, jogging, going in the pool, any sort of kind of s- cardiovascular exercise. And that's kind of what the recommendations are. And most times people aren't getting them. And we see a lot of you, sure. you get the weekend warriors. At, that's a big kind of population. They're too busy during the week. And what the actual definition of a weekend warrior is, somebody is that crams at 150 minutes into one or two days. And really? Kind of people do themselves. that? Yeah. I had
1: no idea. Cause for me, I don't know about Kevin. Like for me, it would always be like five days of the week. I'm trying to spread exercise. Yeah. Spread it out. If you can yeah. do five days, that's great. Right. Weekends are for me, baby. I'm yeah. just enjoying myself. Yeah, you
2: get the you get the uh the older guys that go out in the golf course, they're gonna walk the golf course, they're gonna walk it. Uh they're gonna go for a twenty, thirty-mile bike ride, things like that. And That's kind of where we see some of those injuries, especially in guys that they don't do anything during the week and the weekend, they have some free time. They want to go exercise, be active, be social with their friends, do something and their body's just not built for it. And that's kind of what leads to the breakdown and hoping that they can kind of manage through it.
1: That makes sense. So it's really like, you know, you can't just stack everything off, you know, it's it's a a process, right? It's just a process just like anything else. This reminds me of, you know, Like I used to work with orthopedics when I was, when I was an undergrad and it's like frozen shoulder, right? It's like, you can't just run out and just start throwing a baseball a million miles per hour just because you (laughs) did it, you know, three years ago, right? Like you got to warm yourself up. So that's kind of the same idea. Just, you can't go straight to extremes. You're going to hurt
2: yourself. Yeah, exactly. So kind of working that kind of gradual progressive overload is kind of what's shown to be beneficial to keep people active longer and keeping keeping them healthy while they're staying active
0: all right so so you know we're going to talk a lot about exercise in this episode uh and you know and we we know you're not a nutritionist but just to kind of get a quick comment on uh, from you on the importance of diet in addition to exercise so you can't just exercise and expect to get the results Uh, you know I'm sure me, I, me and Justin have done, you know, just hitting the gym a lot, but not really, you know, adhering to any diet, might not see the changes. So just kind of want to get your thoughts on that.
2: Yeah. That's another great thing. Cause you see a lot of times with people they work out like, Oh, I had a great two hour workout tonight. I'm going you know, to have a huge dinner and I'm going to overeat and kind of, they think, Oh, I've earned this. Okay. You've <laughs> earned it, but <laughs> you don't want to overindulge <laughs> cause you're not going <laughs> to do anything else. So it's kind of a nice kind of balance. So if you're going to exercise, you're obviously going to burn calories. So we need to kind of replace those calories that we're burning. Maybe not fully, but we want to get to, that. so we're staying in a caloric deficit. So if we work out, we burn an extra thousand calories on top of our day. Maybe we add an extra 500 calories to our diet. That's usually kind of what's suggested. you cut 500 calories a day. That works out to uh, 350 calories and that's a pound a week. So it's kind of very simple like that. You want to lose a pound a week, you kind of cut out that 500 calories and kind of make it up in that deficit.
1: To an important point, because I think we have all been there where I'm like, all right, I'm going to all you can eat sushi tonight, baby. I got to go. <laughs> yeah. I got to go so hard at the gym I today. I to crush it,
2: you know? <laughs> and-, <laughs> and that's understandable. And that's okay every once in a while, but every time you work out, it's not a free pass. You kind of got to realize that. It's like, all right, I'm working out. I'm in this for the long haul. I kind of need to properly fuel my body so I can keep going.
0: That's an that's an point. awesome point because I, I I definitely catch myself getting in that where I'm like, yo, I crushed that workout, so I'm going to you know reward myself. And you're probably not doing you know you've done so well on the exercise part. You gotta you gotta keep it up with the diet part of it. You know, yeah. Um, so
1: for sure, yeah, I mean, you're working point. your ass off. You might as well make it for a reason to lose the weight, not just to. I mean, listen, it's okay. Like everything in moderation, but yeah, I totally agree. It's, it's a really good point, you know? And I think like when we were, we're kind of talking about, we're leading to the benefits of exercise and really from a doctor's perspective, you know, from, from your clinical exercise physiologist perspective, you know, the benefits of exercise are pretty much infinite, you know, reduction of heart disease, diabetes, you know, preventing low testosterone, just to name a few that we know about, but, you know, but, but for a lot of people, like the hardest part of exercising is actually doing it. You know, you go once and you're sore as hell, or you're embarrassed about going to the gym because you don't really know what you're doing and you don't go back. So really like getting started for people in many times can be intimidating. And so the question is really for guys who want to get to start exercising and really don't know how, um, How do you recommend they go about it? How can guys who feel like they're either intimidated or they want to get started, they don't know how, how can they start exercising?
2: So that's another Uh great question. So I think the best strategy for guys, like they're on the fence they're like, I don't know if I should exercise. Like I kind of feel intimidated. First thing I always kind of recommend is just kind of get clearance, whether it's from your doctor, physician, orthopedic surgeon, physical therapist, like, Hey, they're like, you listen, you need to exercise, like go out there and start doing something. So then my next step was kind of go and seek out the guidance of a qualified professional an exercise physiologist, somebody that's kind of trained in that background. They know like, all right, we're going to do a full evaluation. We're going to look at what we call our foundational pyramid, Mm -hmm. which is their overall strength, flexibility, mobility, posture, how they move, body composition, and kind of wellness, that kind of factor. Then we're going to look at that, take a full in-depth look at that and kind of like, all right, this is your foundation. And you want to go play golf. You want to go play tennis. You want to do all that sports specific things, but we can't neglect this foundation first. So we're going to look at all these cracks. We're going to try and reinforce them. And then we're going to go build our house on top of that. So I always tell everybody your foundation, you can have a beautiful house, but if it's on a terrible foundation, you're going to crumble. You're going to get hurt. You're going to kind of not come back. But as long as we share that foundation, something's going to come back. Somebody's going to come knock you down we're going to stand. We're still going to be standing. The house next door to us may be blown over. Some of our friends, we're out there playing golf for 18 holes. We're playing a pickup game of basketball. They're complaining our knees hurt, our back hurt because they're not doing anything, but we have addressed those cracks. So we're kind of still standing and we're in it for the long haul. So I would kind of work on identifying somebody that can help you and guide you to where you need to go and kind of make sure you're doing things at a reasonable pace.
1: I think That's- that you bring up a couple really excellent points. Um, the first one is talking with your doctor because you're right. Like some of these guys, you know, you're overweight, you may have, you may be at risk for heart disease, like all these other issues. You got to make sure that you're, you're doing it in the right manner. You're going to push yourself. You're going to have a heart attack. That's, obviously not going to be helpful for anyone. But the second thing I think that I really loved is that, you know, you're getting assessed by a professional. So you, you aren't just going to immediately just burn yourself out. So you're not going to pull your muscles. You're not going to just, you know, you're going to be sore. Sore is okay. And then I I think that the final thing is you you got to set your goals appropriately, right? Like exactly what you said. You want to be able to go walk 18 holes of golf without, you know, feel like you're gonna die. I think that's a good goal, and there's different ways you can approach that in different exercises. I know, Kevin, you wanted to say something. Sorry to interrupt. Well,
0: yeah, no, I just wanted, uh, Matt, if you could just kind of elaborate because I, I was a little fascinated with what you said here. The foundational period uh, pyramid, right? Sorry, yeah, foundation, yeah. foundational pyramid. So, you know you know, for me and also probably for a listener. So what is this assessment? Are you like just sitting there? You're talking with the patient, just kind of like getting an idea of like what their goals is. And then like, are there diagnostics? Like you mentioned posture because, you know, now that I think about it, you know, sometimes I do rush in and just work out and I probably have a terrible posture and it's not, you know, it's not being, you know, you know, helping everything else out and probably, you know, being more of an obstacle in what I'm trying to achieve.
1: Yeah. Dude, so, if this video was not, if this wasn't video, my posture would be way worse. If I can see
0: myself <laughs> right now, yeah.
1: I'm definitely standing more straight up. Sorry, go yeah, ahead, sorry. Man.
2: Yeah, so somebody comes in for an assessment. Me, first thing, we're sitting down for a couple minutes. I'm getting a full history, kind of going okay. through what kind of, any surgeries they've had, any issues they've had. If they've done any sort of exercise in the past and what they kind of did, if they worked with anybody in the past, that kind of like why they stopped, kind of, and from there, have to stand up. I take four pictures of them, facing forward, facing the right, facing the left, facing the back, and then I evaluate their posture from there, so I can kind of see, are they standing slumped over, are they got kind of, kind of a curve on the, in the cervical spine, Are they have hyperextended, is the trunk lean one way, and then looking are there any imbalances, does one shoulder sit higher, does one hip hit higher, and then from there, we kind of use that as our kind of tool, like, all right, we may have some tightness here, tightness there. And then we kind of, I look at their flexibility. So I'm looking at their flexibility in their lower extremities and the upper extremities. And then we look at their core strength, core stability, core endurance. That's a huge factor of anything that you're going to do, especially functionally. And then we look at their muscular endurance as well as how they move. Can they properly do a squat? Can they properly do a hip hinge? Can they step up a stair correctly? Can they step down a stair correctly? Things like that. Things people just don't really think about because they're usually coming to us. They're in pain from something. Right, right. And we want to evaluate kind of what's causing that pain. Does they get stuck in these movement patterns because they realize, you know what, if I move this way, it doesn't hurt, but they're moving incorrectly. And it's kind of causing repetitive damage and stress that's not leading to them getting better. So we kind of show them a little correction and it's like, wow, like for instance, when we teach people how to squat, like, when I usually squat, I have knee pain. We teach them how to sit back, use their hips and they're like, wow, that doesn't bother my knee. So it's kind of the little things like that. It's very
1: interesting. And and you bring up like, you know, there are so many things that I think we just naturally do that probably are actually unnatural movements in in ways that, you know, we can actually we're harming ourselves. And that kind of leads to the next question. And and you were alluding to it in that statement you were and you were just talking is a lot of the guys that we see are either out of shape, they're likely out of shape sometimes because, you know, they had a bad knee or they have a bad back problem and they said that they've had issues exercising due to those problems in the past. And I know you see these kinds of guys all the time and you clearly are doing this kind of assessment, but if you're a guy who has, you know, a back problem and you feel like it's holding you back, you know, how, how do you recommend these guys start exercising? I guess, you know, is it like, this trainer pathway? Is it seeing you guys again? Because I think that a lot of these heavier guys often have issues with these things that it's almost like a catch 22 where they get stuck in this cycle.
2: Yes. I think that's a great question. Kind of where, where do they start? I think also kind of, they kind of need guidance with that. And I'd kind of, Pursuit, persuade them, kind of seek out that qualified professional. You don't want to just walk into your regular standard gym and kind of work on work with a personal trainer out of nowhere because it's not to talk down on personal trainers, but do you guys know what the qualifications to be a personal trainer are?
1: I have zero idea no, Ke- no. Kevin D.
2: No. No. Justin could
1: be growing. <laughs> Maybe I you am, need, I don't <laughs> know.
2: Most personal training certifications you need a high school diploma to sit for the test. That's it. You don't need any sort of background or anything. It's like, all right, you're going to open the book. You're going to study. You're going to take a test. You pass. Congratulations. You're a personal trainer. But then if you work with a qualified professional, somebody like me, or maybe a trainer that's gone to college, they've kind of done a degree in exercise science, exercise physiology, kinesiology, that they can understand why some of your issues are happening. That's going to make tremendous improvements on kind of how you exercise. Cause they can kind can of, can I ask you.
1: you a quick question then just to follow yeah. up there? How do I identify a good trainer? Or like a certified trainer or someone that I should be going to versus someone who, you know, is just I'm going to the gym and they're going to tell me what to do. Like, how do I know? Like, what are the kind of questions I should be asking them or the credentials I should be looking for?
2: Yeah, I would ask them, kind of ask them questions, kind of what's your background? What's your experience? uh, What kind of certifications do you have? Did you go to school for this? And kind of just ask questions like that. And also kind of do your research on them and kind of figure out what you can. Because nowadays, a lot of people, not to jump ahead, but a lot of people want to focus on all the things they see on TikTok and Instagram and all these things from these fitness influencers that just like, all right, I'm going (laughs) to, yes. So I'm just going to go work out, post a video and tell other people to do that. And that's not something people should be doing. So you kind of want to get it from a qualified source. And there's plenty of qualified sources out there on the internet. You is there a certain of,
1: degree though? Like, is it like a certain level or is like, you know what I mean? Like, cause you said, like you can just be a personal trainer and have, take the course is like, is there a certain degree that I should be looking for, or it's kind of just comfort level and understanding what, what their background is?
2: Yeah, I think it's comfort level and kind of understanding their background. There are certain certifications that do require you to have a bachelor's degree. Some don't require it to be in exercise science or exercise physiology, but you need to have a a bachelor's degree to be ordered to be eligible to sit for their test. Uh, And there's other ones that you need to have an exercise science specific degree to be able to sit for the test. And there's not to even go along the lines. There's other ones that require you to have a master's degree. So I think that's kind of just knowing what to look for and kind of doing your research on who you're going to be working with. Cause you just don't want to walk into the gym and say, Hey, I'll take whatever personal trainer you have. I kind of, you want to work with somebody that's going to help guide you. All right. It's an excellent, so that's point. It's an excellent important point for our listeners, uh, you know, uh, just kind of do, do some research, you know,
0: and just kind of, you know, make sure you know who you're, you know, you're, you're identifying to kind of help you out with your workouts. Um, listen, it's, just, it's like can, anything
1: with your health, right? It's anything with your health, you know, you're, you're putting your, your health in someone's hands and you want to, you know, you research, everyone researches their doctors. Why wouldn't you research your you trainer? Right? Like, you should
2: research yes, us. You know? Exactly. That's what I was <laughs> just going to say. Like, yeah, you go, you look through, find all the doctors, people recommend you and you go through, you look through. And also another great, just asking people that you know that works with a trainer. How, what are they like? Kind of, are they going right. to, am I going to be okay with them? Do you know me? You know them kind of, do you think would be a good fit for me? Kind of things like that. It's kind of always use your network to kind of try and find somebody.
0: Excellent point. So, uh, you know, younger men, you know, busyness, those two things just kind of go together. You know, Justin and I, when we were in residency, especially in our first couple years, just extremely busy with work. Um, But then there's all the other aspects of life, family, you know, a lot of a lot of situation going on. And so, you know, one of the excuses that can kind of come up is that, you know, all of this together, you just can't make it to the gym or you're just too tired. So, you know, what is some advice you can give to, to these guys to incorporate exercise into, you know, just the business of, uh, of their life?
2: I love that question because that's something I get all the time, especially with people that are like unmotivated. Like, how do I kind of stick with this? One of the best examples I give people is you're going to sit on the couch. You're going to watch an hour Netflix show. You're going to watch a sports game. Go to the gym. Do it while you're on the treadmill. Bring your iPad with yes. you. Bring your iPhone with you. Put it on there. Just walk kind a nice, leisurely pace. And you're watching, it's keeping your mind entertained, keeping you off the idea that you're exercising. And you're going to be watching that show no matter what. So why not do it while you're kind of walking on the treadmill? And then it kind of links like, all right, I'm not going to watch the next episode until I'm back on the treadmill. And it kind of holds them accountable that way. And the other thing I found that really works a lot of people, they're going to sit home, watch TV anyway. Commercial break, get up. Do a couple push ups, do some squats, do a plank, and kind of every time there's a commercial and you know you're not really paying attention to the TV, do a set, one or two sets of exercise and kind of just get it in that way. Because you're, wait, this time, not to say you're wasting it watching TV, but you can kind of make the most out of it, kind of multitask with that.
1: I literally did this especially during football Sundays when I didn't go out with my friends, I would always watch the witching hour, which for people who don't know what the witching hour, the witching hour is the second half of the first part of the, of, of the first part of the games. And I would watch that second half on like a bike or a treadmill and it's awesome. You know, like, and I would do that for Netflix shows. I literally did it this morning. I watched what we do in the shadows on Hulu, like, For twenty minutes on the treadmill, I think that is the best idea. I love that idea. I've been doing it for a while, and there's no excuse. Exactly like you said, you really you're doing jack. You might as well just exercise during that time. Kevin, what do you think?
0: I I love it. I mean, look, I'll I'll tell you, I've tried that before. I remember I like you know, you know, when I go to the gym, uh, you know, I I don't know what it is like. I gotta be like scrolling Instagram or something like that, you know, to kind of like, you know, help keep my brain entertained in between sets or whatever. But when I've tried to go on the bike and try to put on the show, um, I don't know. I don't know what it is.
1: Oh, uh, really? It, it, it doesn't works work like for a me. charm for me. it doesn't work for me. For me. I, work for me. I, time flies that way. Time right. goes much faster for me. Like I'm looking at something, I'm not looking at the clock. It makes a lot of sense for me. Um, but I love those recommendations. All right, so we've been really talking about getting started and getting motivated for exercises. You know, a lot of people wear like Apple watches and they count their steps and stuff like that. But are, in addition to that, are there any other like good free exercise routines, apps, resources that you recommend to really help people get motivated or get started in, in uh, you know, their exercise goals?
2: Yeah, that's a great question. So recently I've actually been recommending to a lot of my clients and everything Peloton. Peloton has great, workouts, not just on the bike, but they have strength training, stretching, foam rolling based on the amount of time you have. Like I said, people don't have a lot of time. They have 10 minute workouts, 20 minute workouts, half hour workouts. They have body weight, light dumbbells, medium dumbbells, resistance bands. They have like the full kind of gambit and it's $15 a month. That's not that expensive and you're getting kind of on demand workouts for whenever you want and you can kind of filter through and pick what you like, pick who you like and kind of do those classes. And then there's always YouTube as an option, but I would kind of be wary of that because you don't know where who is kind of giving you that information. Well, like, so back to doing research, kind of seek it out. Is it coming from like a qualified source such as like a, is it coming from a physical therapy clinic? Is it coming from a hospital or is it just some regular guy who's doing some Thirty-minute workout, (laughs) filming, pulling out lines. I hear, do this.
1: May I have? I may or may not have done some of those
2: during COVID. (laughs) I mean,
1: (laughs) but I think that your point remains. Like, like, not to brag. Like, I exercise like frequently, so like I can handle that. But if it's someone who's just trying to get into it and they're just going to destroy themselves, it's a problem, right? Yeah.
0: Yeah, I, I, the, um, the whole yeah. Peloton no, that's interesting
1: thing. about the peloton. The, the peloton. Yeah.
0: I, I I love the peloton, or, or you know, I the bike too. as well as also the the on demand. Just because, like, when you're busy and you're like, look, I got 20 minutes. You know, I want to work out. That's focused 20 minutes, and they, you know, look, I'm not even thinking about anything. It's just telling me what to do in those 20 minutes. Uh, um, yeah. And uh, yeah, some really- people like to get
1: yelled at, and I think you just sometimes you just need to get yelled at to push yourself, and it works. <laughs> And listen, Peloton's not sponsoring us, but listen, if Peloton not anyone's sponsored. listening, we would love to be sponsored by Peloton, so feel free to reach out. You know, we're promoting health here. Um, so, no, that's cool. That's that's very cool, and and, um, and it's important, right? We have the opportunity to use technology for our advantage in these things. So, you know, let's do it.
0: Um, Matt, you talked about earlier I, – I know you really, like, touched upon it uh, earlier on about, like, how the AHA – Recommends basically 150 minutes of like light, you know, exercise and such. Let's just kind of elaborate a little bit more on it. So, cardio versus weight training. How important is each in your perspective? And should you be doing both, or is it okay just
2: to do one versus the other? I think both are kind of very important because they train two different parts of your body. So your cardio, that's training your your cardiovascular system. So you're training your heart. You're kind of reducing all your risks that you're going to have for any sort of cardiovascular disease. It's going to keep the blood flowing. It's going to make your heart pump more effectively and efficiently. It's going to help reduce kind of any low blood, uh, any high blood pressure or heart rate that you may have because it's kind of regulating your cardiovascular system. And then with strength, you're going to need strength for things you want to do, especially Guys are getting older in age. They want to play with their grandkids. They want to pick their grandkids up. So if you're not kind of training but or not even doing anything functionally, you're not going to be able to kind of play with your grandkids for that long time. So you kind of want to make sure you're getting a nice, healthy mix kind of. Because at the end of the day, all your strength has to be functional. So you want to make sure you're able to enjoy life to the fullest. If you can't do something, it's going to kind of uh, affect your quality of life.
1: It's a good point. And, you know, just in terms of breakdown, if you want to do both, is there a certain amount of each that you recommend? Like, sh- can I, should I be doing cardio and lifting every, every time I exercise? Can I, if, is it an even breakdown? Does it depend on really your goals of what you're trying to do? Like if I'm trying to get jacked versus I'm trying to, you know, lose weight.
2: Yes. That's another great question. So with that, I mean, you can do cardio every day and so let's say we're not working out or we're not strength training every day. We strength train two to three times a week. So maybe we do a half hour of cardio that day. And the other day is just getting an hour of cardio. You're going for a walk. You're kind of riding the bike, you're in the pool, just kind of, well, we're kind of impact things that aren't really going to affect you tremendously, but trying to keep everything moving. Cause honestly, movement is the best medicine for most people. It kind of, they get hurt. They shut down. They don't do much. And then they start moving again and they start feeling better. They're like, wow, like I'm starting to feel good. And you get the we guys We see that, that all
1: are- the time in the hospital. Yep. All the time. You know that, obviously. like You, you know get that. those like-
2: middle-aged guys that they start working out for a couple of times. Like, wow, I feel like I'm back in my 20s again. It's kind of just right. getting that kind of pattern going with them. So I think both are very uh, important to your goals. If you're focusing on weight loss, or losing weight, getting credit, you're still going to need to lift weights. Cause I mean, you guys are doctors. I'm sure, you know, the more lean body fat, you have more lean body mass. You have the higher metabolism is going to be. So you're right. going to be more effective with burning calories there. And the more you have, the more lean mass you have, the less fat mass you're going to have. So it's kind of going to play off each other. So you're going to burn your kind of fat mass, doing your cardio, eating properly, and then you're going to build up your muscle mass doing strength training. So it's kind of give and take. It's about 50, 50. On that
0: note of, of on that note of strength training, you know, I, you know, I think a lot of, you know, it's probably like most guys, like late high school, early college, when you're kind of like really getting into like the working out routines, you know, I I don't even know who teaches. I don't know if it's just like friends talking to each other, you know, you kind of just start grouping things together. You're like, all right, let's uh, today's back and bicep day or, you know, chest and tries. They were like leg day, you know? So we're kind of grouping these different body parts together. You know, come to think about are there are these like, are there really any right combinations of working out? And do you really recommend yeah, grouping these awesome body parts question. together at
2: all? Uh, so that's a, another great question. So with that, I mean, really your combinations really are endless because if you think about it, you're doing back and biceps. They're both muscle groups that are similar in their actions. They're both pulling kind of muscles. So you're doing So if you're doing back and biceps, you're really doing a pulling day. So you're doing mostly pulling movements. You can do chest and back. So you get your push and your pull there. You're kind of working agonist and antagonist muscles. You're working opposing muscle groups. You do chest and tries muscles that kind of work synergistically. You're doing both your, your pushes together. Uh, you can do any really kind of combination. If you wanted to do full body, you can. You can do a leg push, a leg pull, an upper body push, an upper body pull, and kind of filter in things like that. There's no real set, like, all right, you need to do this, this day, these muscles, and that this this day. It's kind of dealer's choice, kind of, and what you find works best for you.
1: So it's really not like, because I understand, like, exactly what you're saying. Like, Chest and tries, you're doing similar actions. So you're kind of getting the synergistic. But at the end of the day, it really doesn't matter too much as long as you're doing the exercises at some point. Is that kind of really it?
2: Yeah. And then just making sure you kind of have proper recovery in between. I don't want you to do heavy chest and tries on Monday and then do heavy chest and tries again on Tuesday. Kind of give the give yourself like 48 hours for like each muscle group to kind of recover. So if you want to do a push day, then a pull day, then a leg day. And you can kind of just repeat that cycle again because then you have 48 hours in between each training each muscle group
1: all right so wait i do like chest once a week like i do a different i just focus on one body part now that i fine. guess this is me personal information but like i'll do like a chest day back day arms shoulders and legs day
2: if as i long as you don't the do an abs day i'm okay
1: I don't have a abs day. Right. I do. I do like uh,
2: just as like have no no. Do it. No, anyway.
0: <laughs> probably don't
1: have any abs, but, <laughs> <laughs> but like I guess you just said forty eight hours. So am I waiting too long to do chest again by only doing it once a week? Like you know, like I see guys in the gym every Monday, and I don't know what it is. Monday's chest day for like every single dude. So like I'm struggling to get on the machine with all the other guys, but is a week, like doing it once a week too long of a time to wait. Like, should I be doing it Monday, Wednesday or Monday, Friday?
2: No, I don't think it's some, uh, that one to wait, especially if you're doing other body parts, that's kind of fine. That works for you. And then like I said, there's no set exercise kind of thing. Like you must do this. You must do that. Everybody's individual and kind of everything. Everybody finds what works for them. And it's kind of what they enjoy. Some people like having that that rigid, rigid schedule of Monday, I'm doing my chest. Tuesday, I'm back. Legs on Wednesday, Thursday, shoulders. And Fridays, I'm going out to happy hours. So I'm going to do my arms. I want to look good.
1: Got to do arms on Friday. If you're not doing arms on shirt, Thursday man. or Friday, <laughs> what are you doing, man? You got to get ready for the weekend. <laughs> Maybe that's the jersey in me. You know. You know you're New York. You get it. That's our people. That's how we do it.
2: Yeah. So I think that's kind of one of those big things. And making sure you're not focusing so much solely on kind of just how you look, but kind of how you function. Is it is what you're doing gonna benefit you in the long run? Are we gonna do functional exercises all the all the time? No, we don't have to. We can inco- like with my clients say, Oh, could we do beach muscles today? They wanna to look good. So we we'll work in some beach exercises, kind of make sure they're looking good, they're feeling good, and that's what kind of makes them happy. I'm happy to do that, but it's kind of at the end of the day, it's going to come down to what exercises are you going to do to be as functional as you can be? And what, what are they going to fit for you? Is like, are you okay with doing one day for each body part? Good. That's great. But are what those exercises you're doing, are they going to pay off for what you need to do for your goals? Are they going to accomplish it? That's I can do. Point. That's, that's a fantastic yeah. point.
0: That's a fantastic point. You do, know, it's, it's a whole functional aspect of it, right? Like, yeah, you know, you, a lot of things that you see on the advertisements were like, you know, beach abs, you know, like this is what you, you know. But if you think about your overall just the functional aspect of it, like, you know, things that you want to just incorporate for yourself, not just on appearance, I actually think you probably will get further in your goals and keep with it. You know, it's um, a good point. One thing that you mentioned that I kind of want to just kind of go back on is this whole idea of like recovery. Recovery is very, very important um you know some days after you're working out now you feel really sore um uh, you know so what are some things that you can do during the recovery phase to kind of help yourself with that
2: make sure you're eating kind of getting those nutrients back in your system cuz the more you kind of eat the help your, the more you can be able to kind of help your body repair itself repair the uh damage caused by exercise kind of help with the pho- uh muscle protein synthesis and help everything kind of regenerate and rebuild uh and the best kind of thing is staying active so like you're you work out you have a heavy leg day feeling a little sore go for a walk the next day kind of just get keep that blood flowing kind of keep everything kind of all circular. right Don't that's walk. not
1: what i usually do
2: yeah. <laughs> <laughs> i'm looking at kevin and he's like yeah i
1: just i do legs that's why i hate doing legs because i can't walk
0: yeah, yeah like, next day three, i'm just like sitting like, i'm like Yo, I'm you not gotta moving. go
1: through it you're right you know I'm just sitting there. I'm walking like, like you know. Gingerly around the hospital, uh, but, you know. Yeah. Yeah. What about like uh, ice or hot pads? Is like an ice bath or something like that? Does that help at all?
2: Yes. I mean, it definitely helps. Definitely kind of shows that kind of quick like anecdotal thing that's like, all right, I'm a little sore right now. I'm going to ice it. I'll feel a little bit better. I have a little swelling. It's kind of go down. but like. Back to that, taking that walk, kind of just keeping that blood flow and keeping that blood circling to the area, kind of help flushing out all that kind of lactic lactic ugh, lactic acid that kind of fools the muscle, and kind of we need to kind of get it out. We want to just kind of keep everything moving. Gotcha. Right,
1: so moving is key, which yeah. is what I think most people don't do. So yeah. I think that's like a really important, really important, important. yeah. Uh, because I don't want to do shit after <laughs> I, I, I worked out pretty hard, so I think mean, it's it's a great point.
0: Wait, so Justin, just on, on that note though, like, because I remember you told me once that you know back in the, day, I, I think you tore your ACL, didn't you? You you tore your ACL. Yeah, I
1: tore my ACL, my my right uh, ACL. I had a ACL repair, bone patella bone at HSS where Matt works, and I had a medial menastectomy. So I did some recovery over there. Obviously, it's the number one hospital for uh, ortho and, sp- and sports medicine pretty much in the world. So, yeah, no, I had a, uh, a great recovery. You know, I-, I thought the care was great. And I did do a lot of uh, PT, some OT, not really as much, but um, with a lot of the staff there. And it was really, really wonderful experience. And a lot of what Matt's talking about is is exactly what I did. I think a lot of it, the key was these assessments, making sure that I wasn't sore. I was doing a lot of icing, obviously, because this was after surgery. So you're taking a lot of recovery and you're exercising right after I was using a lot of heating pads, but that was like a lot more specific, specific recovery to my injury. Um, But yeah, I mean, I don't, because of that basically, and and we kind of were alluding to it is like, I don't do legs enough. I'm still kind of scared about doing legs. I didn't, I like, before I had this injury, I snowboarded for like 15 years. I took a break. I actually started snowboarding again in the last, you know, two years. It's hard when you're in Miami, but I was in Chicago last year (laughs) going to Colorado. But I am like very hesitant to work my legs hard after, even since that injury, even though it was like 10 years ago. So like, how important is it to really incorporate you know a leg routine here for especially for someone like me who's already had a, a leg injury
2: that's very important to kind of work on your legs Because you think about it everything you do on a daily basis kind of involves your legs you're walking that's your legs you're standing for a long time that's your legs the most common thing we do every day get up and down from a chair that's squatting. That's kind of making sure we're strong yeah. in that position, yep. stable. We're moving the yep. right way, and kind of we don't want to have people complaining like I get up from a chair; it hurts. Kind of, are they squatting down or not? Well, sitting down into the chair the correct way? Are they using the correct movement pattern? So, le- doing legs is very important, especially to your functionality. If you want to be able to kind of do anything for the long term, you want to be able to walk that golf course. You want to be able to play basketball, play with those grandkids. Yeah. It's all going to come from the legs. You're kind of you need to stand up to do all the things. So you need to make sure your legs, you have that strong, sturdy base. You got, you so got. I
1: guess my, yeah, yeah I was going to yeah. say like,
2: you guys are docu- someone who's old. had
1: a leg injury. Yeah. How often am I doing this? How often mm-hmm. do I need to be doing this kind of stuff? Like is cardio sufficient or if I really need to focus on like actual push, pull lift, like lifting stuff.
2: Yes. You should a hundred percent just r- not rely on cardio and work on that kind of squatting kind of doing some stairs kind of going up and down just doesn't have to be an intense leg day where you're working at walking out of it hobbling out of the gym but making sure like you're protecting those joints protecting those knees because that's one of the most common things that people have a problem with. it's like oh my knees hurt my knees hurt kind of and then they go see the doctor and like you need to get stronger like you're not especially people that are overweight you're not Strong enough to kind of support your body weight with those knees. So we kind of want to strengthen, the, strengthen the muscles of the legs. But do you guys Wait, know so what the biggest muscle in your body is?
1: The biggest muscle has got to be your quads.
2: No. It's in your legs. I don't know. Was it's, it's not it your quads. Great. It's your, your gluteus glutes. muscle. It's your whole legs? Gluteal, gluteal, glutes? glutes? Your glutes. Your biggest, strongest muscle in your entire body.
1: Mm. All right, you I won't, got that. You won't realize that we may say the penis
2: actually in urology, but yeah, it goes with glutes. Yeah.
0: Well,
1: well, yeah, but, all right. So it's the glutes. So, so, so the glutes are just as important as the legs, then, yeah. or your quads, or like, are you? But you're working that out with your squats and all that stuff, yes. right?
2: And making sure your glutes are strong. So a lot of a lot of times, people do things and they don't use their glutes or don't activate their glutes. And they're relying solely on their knees to squat, legs, their quads Mm. to squat to kind of tolerate all that weight. Same thing when I talked about watching how people move people and people kind of, kind of squat through their knees, they bend their knees and kind of jut forward. And then you teach them kind of sit back into their hips, their squat form tremendously improves. They feel stronger in it. They feel more confident because they're using those glutes. They're getting turned on. Uh, one of the simplest tests we kind of do to evaluate somebody's glutes is, can they do a bridge? Can they support themselves up when they, when they bridge up laying flat on their back? Bend their knees lift their butt up, can they hold it, and do they feel it in their glutes? Do they feel it in their glutes or do they feel like their quads or their back or their abs are holding them up so we want to make sure people have those strong glutes and your glutes are part of your legs it's going to drive all your motion anything that you do so you want to make sure you're properly training those as well
0: that's that's really important and right, it, you know so I think it's something that I want to do because you know you know you read about it, it a proper form is important because otherwise you're kind of compensating and not using the proper you know muscle groups and then what happens is if you keep rehashing these bad habits you're going to start relying you know putting too much pressure on your knees you know doing the things that could like lead to injury is that correct matt
2: yeah exactly so a lot of times people kind of get stuck in these bad kind of patterns that you know it because it feels comfortable for them because they have an injury they don't want to kind of attack what's bothering them they want to work around it they want to compensate and then once you kind of show them where they're compensating kind of where to address that compensation, it kind of things kind of start opening up and they're able to move more freely and more smoothly and kind of be more functional to be point blank. That's kind of what people need to do is kind of need to identify. I'm right, right. I'm compensating here. Why am I compensating? It's because it, it's because you know, what this bothers me to do that. You know, what, I don't, I'm not using my glutes. So let me train my glutes, get them going. And you know what, all of a sudden I don't have knee pain. Cause I'm sitting back into my legs. I'm using my hips.
1: Makes sense. Makes sense. Now, you know, when it comes to cardio for things like me, like when I have other people have knee problems as well, you know, I can't run outside too much or really on the treadmill because the impact actually bothers me if I do it a couple of times a day. So I have found that I personally, um, I do a lot of bike because that's easy on my knee. Any other recommendations? Do you think that that's the right move? Like what are some good cardio options for people who do have, you know, knee problems who can't handle the impact?
2: It's yeah, a great question so tons of options you can do you can go on the elliptical you can go on the bike stair master maybe that bothers you maybe not kind of if you're going up and down stairs on a regular basis kind of just work on that right. but simplest thing somebody can do just get in the pool takes all the weight kind of off of you kind of reduces that i gotta flow. get
1: in the pool man i never use well, I mean, it's great cardio It really is. And you're using like muscles that you don't really use at all. Yeah. I know any other way, right?
0: Yeah. When I, when I tore my, uh, one of the muscles in my like playing basketball, like uh, a year ago, whatever, and I was in the boot, I I did a lot more swimming and you know, you're a little less impact but you're getting like a really good cardio workout in there. So, uh, yeah, I really enjoy swimming. Um, how about shoulders though? Um, shoulders, you know, there, there's, you know, there's some yeah. things that say that like using free weights for like chest exercises or shoulder presses, it could be bad for you. Um, some doctors say you shouldn't actually lift anything above your shoulders. Um, what are your thoughts on that?
2: I think you can hundred percent lift over your shoulders because think about it to bring it back to that functional aspect. You need to reach up and grab something off a shelf. You're not going to go get a a step. You're just going to reach up and grab it, pull it down. You're going to reach up, put it down, put it back. So kind of making sure you're kind of strong enough and feel comfortable with that, especially if you have a shoulder issue, kind of making sure, all right, kind of identifying what's causing this pain. Am I moving incorrectly? Do I have something wrong? Do I need to go see a doctor? Kind of that. And to bring it back to your free weights versus machines point, if I have a shoulder issue and I know I'm compensating, do I really want to work with a fixed object that's going to keep me in that compensation pattern? Or do I want to kind of go to that free weight kind of, and while I'm working with somebody, they can kind of correct me. And the best thing somebody can always do is just exercise in front of a mirror. Look at yourself kind of, so you can kind of get that visual feedback. All right, am I doing this right? I I watched the video. He looks like this. Do I look like that? No, I'm kind of, I'm flaring out. I'm looking I'm turning my head. I'm not doing like what they're exactly doing, but I'm getting by and we don't want to just get.
1: That's by. interesting because I literally don't look in the mirror to ever check myself out in terms of like whether Wait, I'm doing really? it right. I just check myself out to check myself out. <laughs> I, I look at myself in the mirror, but I'm like, you're the man. I find it as motivation. I never thought about checking my actual form.
2: Yeah. Cause a lot of people that think, all right, I'm doing this. You know what? I look good. I feel good. If it looks good but they, they can't see a picture of themselves or they watch it on video later. Like that, like, like that was kind of bad. When you're looking in the mirror, you have that kind of real time kind of feedback. Like, all right, I'm 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 kind of doing this. Let me kind of correct that. And kind of, because somebody told me, you know what, it's not good to kind of externally rotate my my rotate my shoulders and kind of flare my shoulders out while I'm kind of pressing over my head. Let me kind of get into a more neutral position. And kind of just giving yourself that kind of visual feedback that's going to ultimately, Correct your compensations and teach you the correct movement patterns as you do them repetitively, so that you're not stuck in that loop of doing something incorrectly.
1: So it sounds like one, if you can exercise in front of a mirror, helps you with your form, your technique. Make sure you're not overcompensating in areas that you shouldn't be, or your your approach is good. Two, it sounds like free weights are actually the ideal way to go instead of like just a regular machine if you have a, a access to both.
2: Yes, is that fair? Yes, because at the end of the day, they're also harder too, so you're going to get that benefit, so you're going to kind of have to work. You're going to have to work that core to kind of help you stabilize. You're going to have to work on stabilizing it, which stabilization is very important for anything that you're going to do, especially overhead. So it's going to keep your shoulder in that correct position. You don't need to go super heavy. Go light, start light, always start light, and then kind of progress it that way. But you also, with the machine, you you feel more comfortable with it and confident that, all right, it's not going to fall on me. I'm not going to drop it on my head put you in that kind of fixed movement pattern. I always prefer to kind of keep people with free weights whenever I can, just because, especially if they have that bad movement pattern, I kind of correct them and tweak them. Whereas they're stuck on the machine. They're, they're stuck there. They're kind of going up and down with that.
0: Cool. So on that note of like, you know, how you kind of said, like kind of progress from the lightweight up to like higher weights. You know, uh, one of the things that I do, I, I'm, I, I get very obsessive about like, you know, all right, what is my workout going to be, you know, what, what, you know, what's the rep breakdown, like, am I going to you know, do high weights, low reps? And so I think that's kind of a thing, like, uh, I was kind of hoping to get your, you know, opinion on, you know, there's a lot of different sure. ways to lift weights. So let's say you're someone who's like, kind of like done a little bit of work now. So you're like kind of at the intermediate stage, you know, heavy weights and low reps versus lighter weight and high reps. Is there a is it, is there preferential way to do it? And, you know, are there different outcomes that we're trying to go for if we're doing one or the other?
2: Yeah. So that actually also kind of depends on your goal. Am I trying to get stronger? Am I trying to work my power? Am I trying to work my strength? Are we trying to do hypertrophy? Are we trying to get the muscles bigger? Am I trying to get jacked? Or am I working my endurance? Am I just trying to make sure I can kind of do things repetitively? So then we, that kind of breaks down to kind of what reps you're going to do. So if you're working on your absolute power, you're doing about like one to two reps, super heavy, very close to your max. I don't really recommend that for most people because it's very taxing on the central nervous system and the body, and it kind of leads to injury. When you're working on your strength, three to five, three to six, kind of, keeping it that heavy, heavy, not super heavy, but like heavy enough where you're like, all right, that's definitely a little heavy. Like, whew, like, all right, good. But it's not too heavy where it's like, I don't think I'm going to kill myself. And then kind of that medium weight where we, for what we call it. How many,
1: how many sets are we talking about for that? You said five, you know, four to six reps. How many sets are you doing for that strength? Four
2: Three, four, five four skin. bones. Again, it all depends on kind of how your goal and like what the breakdown of your exercise session is going to be. Are you strictly just doing that? And then maybe one or two other things after it, maybe do a little bit more rest, but if you know, like you still got a full, you're going to do a full body workout after that, kind of keep it in that like three to four kind of sets range. And then okay. we're going to go to hypertrophy. So hypertrophy, that's kind of, that's where you're going to build your size. That's when your muscles are going to get bigger we want to work at kind of a medium weight there kind of somewhere. It's like, all right, you know what? I still had one or two left in the tank when I finished my set of 12, but you know what? That's okay. And then.
1: So that's going to be like, if you want to be cut, which one are you doing?
2: uh, You want to be cut? I would say hypertrophy because that's going to build your, your size and then to pair that with your diet and your cardio, that's kind of how you're going to get.
1: Right. Of course. And then, and then so big muscle is. Strength to obviously the other one, but the strength so higher reps, lower with with like higher reps, lower weight is more your strength. definition yeah. and definition. Uh, and then medium, medium weight or, or higher weight with less reps, you're gonna get you're gonna get the strength, mass.
2: yeah. Well, not muscle mass, your muscles are gonna get stronger, you're gonna build that mass in that eight to 12 kind of range. And then that endurance is that 15 to 20 reps, kind of super lightweight things that you can kind of do over and over. And that's what's going to build your endurance because that's what endurance is. It's just doing things constantly. So making sure you're not doing too much to the point where it's like, all right, you know what? It felt a little heavy at 15, but I'm going to push through to 20. We never want to do that. You always kind of want to make sure you always leave a little bit extra in the tank because you don't want to overwork yourself for your next set. Gotcha.
1: Interesting. Now, just to, so if you, do you want to do consistently the same thing every week? Like, am I going to do, if I want to get cut and we talked about doing the hypertrophy where I'm doing, you know, 12 reps, three or four sets on an exercise, am I going to do that every week or am I supposed to change it up uh, every other week or or anything like that? Like if I want to be cut, am I just going to do that? consistently maybe adjust the weight if i feel like i'm not getting challenged enough
2: uh so with that like i would say maybe do like four to six weeks kind of hypertrophy and then take a little break kind of go into that strength training so that your muscles have gotten bigger so now let's get them stronger so now we're going to get them stronger for maybe two or three weeks four weeks and we'll go back to our hypertrophy so now the set we were doing three to four three to twelve sets with let's say 50 pound dumbbells on bench press now we can do three To 12 with 60 pound dumbbells because mm-hmm. we're stronger, so kind of it, kinda, it right. all piggybacks backs complements each other. So, the bigger we get, then we're going to need to get stronger to help kind of bring that up
1: to progress. There's progression, yeah. there's reaction, and on what you're doing, and then you also it's need- very interesting. I'm literally taking nuts
2: because yeah. oh, I'm yeah. gonna go
1: to the gym and, and do this stuff. And then, every once in a while,
2: throw in a deal week. Take week, take a week off, or you go very super light, kind of give the muscle kind of time to recover because we've been taxing it for six, eight, ten weeks at a time, give it some time to kind of breathe and relax and just take some time off.
0: I, I, I think a lot of, I mean, myself, i, I we, like so afraid to do that because you're like, you know, I've put so much effort in, you I know, agree. I'm afraid that one week is going to like, just, I'm going to get setbacks, you know, on all the gains that I had made. But, you know, to your point though, it's important. Recovery is a very important aspect of this whole thing, correct?
2: Yeah. It's very crucial. And a lot of times people think they go on vacation, they take a week off anyway. So try and time things like that. Ah, You know, you're going to go on vacation. You know, you're not going to be, you're not going to be in the gym. You're not going to be doing things. And it doesn't worry people that way. Like, oh, they're not freaking out. It's like, oh, I can't take a week off. But then they go on vacation. They're great for a week. They're not really working out. So kind of people need to kind of have that mindset with it. Like that week is not going to kill you
1: good point. And then, you know, just another question we were kind of alluding about to it before stretching. Are you like I don't know what's going on with stretching anymore. <laughs> I mean, in high school, we were stretching before, then people say you'd stretch after. What's the deal with stretching? When should we do it? When is it effective? Is it effective? I have no idea anymore. I'm completely out in the dark on stretching. Okay, so
2: I love this question because, in my personal opinion, I feel like stretching is very important. So before anybody does, I do anything with anybody. We're kind of we're going to warm up. So we're going to do an so We do some dynamic stretches. So we're going to do kind of walking walking lunges or we're going to foam roll. Foam rolling is huge. I love people that foam roll in the beginning because it kind of gives you that brief kind of. Increase in flexibility kind of opens the muscles up, kind of gets that blood flow, kind of gets everything going, gets you nice and warm. And then I usually like to leave my static stretching for the end. So we kind of want to do more by uh, dynamic flexibility and mobility in the beginning, and leave that kind of static stuff towards the end. But stretching is something you can do every day, honestly, and a lot of times people with those back uh, that that low back pain, the only thing that makes them feel better is that stretching and doing it every day, and then they noticed like, all right, I didn't do my stretches today. I felt terribly today. Like my back kind of locked up, kind of froze on me all day, but you know what? I did my stretches yesterday and you know what? I didn't have really any pain during the day.
1: So it doesn't even have to be before you exercise or not. For some people, it's just something you wake up and you do because it's going to make you feel better.
2: Yes. But if you're going to exercise, I would always kind of say, your warm up, you just, you want it to be dynamic. You don't want to be kind of there just doing static things kind of putting you in that static position kind of things that are going to kind of lower the body temperature and lower that heart rate you want to do more dynamic things you want to go on the treadmill for five minutes foam roll do some dynamic stretching kind of get everything flowing and get you prepared to exercise and then kind of leave all that static stuff for the end that's just kind of my opinion on it
0: that's great i mean justin do you stretch before you you know work out or no
1: Absolutely not. Yeah, I
0: don't. I don't. I I, I, I really don't. (laughs) I don't. But, you know, it's, you know, as Matt's saying, we got to incorporate that. though. That's important.
1: It is important. I think there's one question that we did forget to ask. And I think it's kind of exactly, we, we clearly have been neglecting stretching. But, you know, I know you do work with, you know, a lot of professional athletes as well with recovery and optimizing, you know, their fitness. Now, what is a body part that mm. you think men are often neglecting that we're really not working enough of? Um, we may have even touched upon that body part. I'm assuming it's legs, but you can tell us right now. Yeah, what you think So I
2: is. definitely think I touched on it before. I think the glutes, glutes, most important thing. People glutes. are often things. You know what? People think of working their glutes. They see the girls in the gym doing the barbell hip thrust. They think that's just what working your glutes is, and they don't want to compare it to that girl in the gym that's doing the barbell hip thrust. <laughs> <But> there's <laughs> other plenty of glute exercises that you can do. Anything you can kind of do with bands, things like that, for your glutes. The other thing a lot of guys neglect is their core, their core strength. Mm. Yeah. Oh, well, what kind of? Well, sport? you
1: said that don't do it every day. You said don't do it every day.
2: Don't, So when are you spe- doing your? I core? I said don't have a specific ab day is what I said. <laughs> oh, yeah, because well, yeah, you you're, your... you're kind of using the core all the time, right? You should. Exactly. If you're working yeah. out using the correct form, you have your core engaged. And that's going gonna, gonna to help you tremendously. Uh, you ask people like what they do for core, like, oh, I do some sit-ups, I do some crunches. But at the end of the day, that's not going to be really functional for your core. You're not really in that yeah. position. You're not kind of coming up and down. We want to do things that are more kind of help present uh, help you protect you in rotational positions anti-rotation kind of things that are going to be more kind of functional for you and things that you'll see on in your everyday life kind of you want to always kind of want to mimic things that are going to kind of come up and things that are going to affect your daily life.
1: So what what kind of core exercises are we talking about if I'm not doing abs which I still want to do every, oh, you, every can, day you can you can work day. your
2: abs out but I wouldn't say dedicate a full day to just doing abs. No, I, I would stay. never do that. Do a, I have people do planks all the time, but do planks while you and do something along with the plank. So you're doing a plank, you're doing a shoulder tap. So you're, you're here, you're tapping your shoulders while you're in a plank. Mm-hmm. So you're getting your core, you're lifting your leg up, you're doing a side plank, you're doing a clamshell with it, you're doing a row, just kind of things that will help be develop that functional core.
1: Okay. Okay. So glutes. And core. There we go. We're not doing the right stuff for the core that doesn't just mean abs. It means other Incorporate stuff. The, the whole
0: maybe functional we can learn
1: aspect. maybe we can learn from girls more about the glutes though. So we do have to <laughs> we we can learn about that. It's okay to do those exercises. So I, I think that's really good advice.
0: All Um, right. Well. All right.
1: So I think that I go ahead, Kev. Sorry.
0: Yeah. No. I I mean, dude, I I learned a lot in this in this uh, episode. Uh, Very informative, Matt. Just you know, before before we you know kind of sign off here, is there anything else that you think guys should know about exercise that most of us guys don't know about?
2: It's good. It's going to keep you there. It's going to what? It's going to keep that longevity. So you start having a family, you want to be able to play with your kids and then eventually you want to be able to play with your grandkids. It's what's going to keep you doing the things you want for the longest period of time. It may feel like a pain in the ass now kind of working out and doing things, but you're going to really appreciate that kind of later on down the road when you're 60, 75, you're playing with your grandkids and you have friends that they can't pick their grandkids up or they kind of, they're having trouble walking and things like that. So it's going to help provide you that longevity. So realizing, all right, it may suck kind of doing it now, kind of devoting time during the week that I could be doing something else, but it's going to pay off dividends in the long run.
1: That's, that's an excellent point. I mean, you know, I I think people don't love exercising, but they love the results of it. So we just got to make sure guys are doing the right things, setting themselves up for success, just like in anything in 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 life and in health, right? You know, this is preventative medicine in its greatest fashion because Absolutely. we're you, you know we're preventing disease, we're preventing you know actual just body issues, we're preventing you know we're we're, we're helping you engage with your family and your friends and, and interact in, in future activities, so. I think that was a great way to kind of summarize this this interview. And uh, I want to thank you again, Matt, for, for coming on. This was really insightful. I learned a lot. I think I'm going to get way more Jack now. I don't know about Kevin. Like,
0: yeah. but I, I think I <laughs> well, yeah, can't get I'd more play. Jack when you're Jack Justin dude so you know oh, well, was,
1: yeah, was, <laughs> I don't know I think Matt with Matt's help, we actually oh, that's probably true,
2: that's true. <laughs> we'll come back in a year we'll see who's more Jack alright alright I love, it, right, it. I love, love it. it
1: well Matt do you wanna do you wanna just uh, give any shout outs to like where people can find yes. you or anything like that
2: oh uh, yeah anybody's interested in kind of learning more of what they should be doing you can just uh, look me up, hss.com, Matthew Acetta, and I do offer telehealth and virtual training to people. We have, we see people all over the country. People know the reputation here and they want to kind of like do what's best for them. Mm-hmm. And if that's something you're interested Just look me up, kind of shoot me an email. My email is a-c-c-e-t-t-a-m at hss.edu. And I'm happy to kind of give you information or answer any questions you have.
1: Awesome. Awesome, Matt. Yeah. And listen, as you guys can tell, Matt is really knowledgeable. Mm-hmm. This was really fantastic yep. having him on today. We learned a lot. Um, and I'm definitely personally going to benefit from a lot of the information that we talked about. Um, so, you know, as always, you know, thanks uh, for listening. Any questions, comments, concerns, please feel free to email, uh, message Kevin or I on social media, you know, Justin Dubin, MD on Twitter, Instagram. Kevin Chu MD on uh, Twitter and Instagram. You can also follow us on The Man Up Pod on TikTok, Instagram, Twitter. You can also and you can check out all of our information, including our podcast episodes on our website. What's the website, Kev?
0: It's www.TheManUpPod.com.
1: And if you don't want to listen to us on our website, you can listen to the podcast on all podcasting platforms, including iTunes and Spotify. We always appreciate you subscribing, downloading, giving us a review and some a five-star review is always appreciated as well as you can watch this on YouTube. So for Matt and Kevin, thanks for listening until next time. Have a good one guys.